What tight end just reset the free agency market? Which NFC South running back might be due for a huge bounce back in 2020? And what former non-wide receiver one might have cemented his status as one going forward? Plus 2019 FFPC 1250 number 12 dynasty winners Dan and Brian Jasiak hop aboard to talk aging dynasty assets, the value of trading rookie picks, and much, much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. everybody. If you've got what it takes, because I'm KRS and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Hey, thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you bulkaholics, anger, Zach, and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to discuss the new normal with the Titans' backfield, how the Packers move on from a consistent pass catcher, and Dan and Brian Jasiak will speak with us on how they earned the 1250 FFPC number 12 dynasty title in 2019. Shout out to the chat room right now. If you all have any questions, post them right in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFO or at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Uh, Dan JCX is on Twitter at FootballPPR. Brian is on Twitter at BJCX11. Facebook.com slash HSFFO is where you can reach us on our Facebook page. If you want to chime in and uh, talk with us, give us a call, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email us at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the questions, all the tweets, all the emails. Uh, throughout the show tonight, our producer and mutual friend, Rob, our audio engineer, Bryce, and my best friend, obviously, uh, will uh, help us uh, out on that tonight. Dave, how are we doing? We doing good? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, Valky. How are you doing? We're roughly, what, a month and a half out from the, uh, the NFL draft. I was listening to a, uh, a um, well-listened to, a well-trafficked, a well-downloaded podcast, and there was a hot take on there of uh, how CeeDee Lamb should be the number one wide receiver this year and not Jerry Judy, which is very interesting, too. Makes me feel better about not having the 101. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's a pretty deep draft. I, uh, you know, I can't give you a ranking on those two guys. I really haven't just studied them enough yet. Uh, I don't know if I'd even – I might have somebody else high, just as high as that. Really? Yeah. Um, when you say someone else, is there a is there a on the top tier for you? Is there three receivers, or is there more I don't than even three? Know what this you don't know. Okay, that's fine. There's this been coronavirus thing going on that I've been kind of paying a little bit of attention to. I've so heard. Yes. Haven't been really dialing in the dynasty rankings all week long. 
Well, we're going to give you a free pass on that tonight, and hopefully our guests, Dan and Brian Jasiak, when they come on, they have some, uh, I hope they do. some words of wisdom uh, to, to spill on that. Actually, we're going to talk to them about that because in the majority of their leagues, they don't have a lot of top picks. They, they were very successful last year, and I think traded those picks for players. But uh, we'll still get their thoughts on that uh, as well. Hey, I want to remind everybody, if you are looking for something to do this weekend, remember that Best Ball Slim Leagues, Dynasty Orphans, Dynasty Startups, and, of course, normal best balls all open at MyFFPC.com. We have uh, Dynasty Startups launching, I believe, tomorrow and Sunday, so you can jump in on that at the $77, $250, and $500 levels. Uh, and then the main event, Early Bird, is live. You want to save on your main event team? Do so right now. You will. This is, again, we always talk about this. This is the best deal we're going to have all year for, first, you know, for your first team. You get $100 off. You can save on that. And uh, make sure you're entered in the Pros vs. Joes drawing, which will be coming up uh, later on in May, and see if you can compete against the best of the best, the creme de la creme, as the kids say. And we will broadcast all those episodes live right here on the HSFF Hour coming up at the end of July, and I believe in early August as well, if I'm, uh, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Let's get into it. I want to thank uh, Rob and uh, Bryce for uh, tonight's rundown, as well as football guys in Roto World. Adam Schefter tweeted out today, Dave, that the Tennessee Titans have now released Delaney Walker. This is a $6.4 million savings against the salary cap that Tennessee will enjoy. Walker uh, played pretty well into his 30s, but obviously the last few years, uh, injuries and age have been catching up to him. Um, he has played, uh, he played one game in 2018. He played seven games in 2019. And obviously Jonu Smith uh, showed that uh, he's probably a capable player to step in and be that lead tight end for the Titans. Dave, as we look at FFPC best ball drafts over the last two weeks, you look at, we're not going to talk about Delaney Walker because I think the, the book is sort of out on him. Yeah, football guys actually took him out of their top 12 for tight ends finally. Oh, really? Yeah. He was still in the top 12 for the That's rankings? That's a joke, man. But oh, okay. All right. I didn't know. Well, I, you never been, know. They've been hiring him for, for a year. They've been you know, living off the Delaney Walker buck for a decade. So. Which, you know, I mean, you yeah, know, it's we joke about that, but quite frankly, if you did draft him as a top 12 tight end for the majority of his career, you were reaping the benefits. That's right. Uh, John U. Smith, FFPC players are taking over the last two weeks in best balls as tight end 15 at the end of the ninth round. This is uh, right before Ian Thomas and O.J. Howard, and it is uh, right after Mike Gesicki and T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, seems about right. I don't think I want to count on John U. Smith as my starting tight end, Dave, but uh, if I did wait on tight end, John U. Smith as my number two, you could do a lot worse than that. Yeah, that kind of seems like kind of about right. Fifteenth, uh, right in the middle of you know the middle of the NFL teams overall. Right, yeah. yeah. And he's got it. He's the starter. He's going to get a lot of targets. Uh, wide receivers are definitely improving in Tennessee, but he'll still get his, his lion's share. And if Tannehill's back, that he's a good he's a good quarterback. Or if Tom Brady's there. Yeah, and there's always that. Chance. Who knows? That there's there's that possibility as well. Um, and and here's the other thing to keep in mind. You know, obviously we don't know, and and we'll get into to the the tight end I want to talk about in, in a second. But we don't know what the draft is going to hold if the Tennessee Titans are going to draft the tight end. But one of the things to keep in mind, tight ends usually have a slow learning curve and it's not a great class for tight ends. So I guess that's two things to keep in mind. So even if Tennessee does draft one, they're not a threat to John Smith this year. And there's not a lot out there on the free agent wire, um, especially given that Greg Olson was signed by the Seattle Seahawks a couple weeks ago. And we just found out today, this is the next point I want to bring up Ian Rappaport from the NFL network reporting that the chargers have placed the franchise tag on their tight end, Hunter Henry. This was speculated uh, and, and now confirmed today 
by the Los Angeles Chargers. Over his career, Hunter Henry has only played in 41 of 64 regular season games. However, uh, he is averaging 8.9 yards per target over the course of his career, and that makes him one of the better tight ends in the league uh, thus far. Now, we don't know what the Chargers are going to do with tight end. It sounds like they've washed their hands of Phillip Rivers. It could be Tyrod Taylor. It could be a rookie quarterback. But, Dave, when you think about rookie quarterbacks and you think about the Chargers, i got to believe that if that is the case, Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry are going to be pretty busy catching passes this year. Yeah, from somebody. Uh, I, lo- I like Henry a lot. I think he's a really big talent. Uh, he'd be, if he'd been healthy his whole career, I think people would be talking about him as the next Gronk type of thing. Uh, maybe he doesn't have the same game as Gronk, but I think he has that potential upside if they actually if he gets targeted enough. I, I'm, I have no idea what they're going to do at quarterback then. He stays healthy, too. Obviously, that's a big thing. He's got to stay healthy, yeah. I, I feel some of his injuries were fluky, though. I don't know what they all are offhand. Well, he had the, he had the ACL, which he came back from last season. He mm-hmm. tore his ACL in training camp, came back and played uh, towards the end of the year for the Chargers, trying to get them back into the playoffs. Um, but you look at, at, at – I guess this is my point I want to make with Hunter Henry. As far as if, if your team uh, – and, and maybe not necessarily in a fantasy sense I'm going to speak here, but if your team is looking for a tight end, it's drying up. Greg Olson went to the Seahawks. The Chargers will have Hunter Henry. It's going to be kind of Austin Hooper or bust because you're looking at the next best available tight end out there as Eric Ebron. So as far from a fantasy standpoint, you kind of know what you're doing with tight ends here right now if you're drafting here in, in mid-March. Outside of Austin Hooper, you know where everybody's going to be, and, and you know their role because it's not going to largely change based on free agency or their draft. You know, Ebron's not a bad pickup um, for some NFL team. You know who I like him for? Who? The Green Bay Football Packers. I, th- I think, and, and what we're going to talk, actually, you know what, let's save the Packers talk because we got some Jimmy Graham stuff coming up. But I'm going to talk about the Packers tight end situation shortly. All right, get back to the Titans here. They also, according to Adam Schefter on Twitter, have released Deion Lewis, running back Deion Lewis is now a free agent. Uh, that is a $4 million in cap savings and leaves behind just over a million in dead money. Now, That's a you- terrible contract in the first place. I never should have signed him and he sucked the whole time he was there. Now when they signed him, didn't he was coming off the big season from New England, right? Yeah, it was like four years and twenty million dollars, yes. I think it was. Yeah. It, which I, we were talking about that. It's like why are you signing Deion Lewis to this huge contract and he's not even a, he's just a bit player. And even he was a bad at being a bit player there. <laughs> well Derek Henry kind of took over. All right. So well, he was highly drafted, but yeah. Yeah, well he's a pedigree guy. Um but Okay, so not necessarily for Deion Lewis should be the conversation here, Dave. What I want to talk about is Derrick Henry because I think this move kind of solidifies that the Titans are going all in on Derrick Henry. So for anybody who was drafting Derrick Henry early, and FFPC drafters over the last two weeks have been taking him as the sixth running back off the board at the 109, I I think that you're solidified in that now because you kind of know it is going to be the Derrick Henry show. And if they bring somebody in, it's going to be somebody who's not familiar to the offense or a rookie. Yeah, probably. And, and so if you take Derrick Henry at at the, at the, uh, at the end of the first round, again, right after Dalvin cook and Alvin Kamara, but right before Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones, I don't think, you know, it's weird. I don't think I would do that, but I don't have a problem with anybody doing that. Does that make sense? Sure, I can see you not doing that. Well, well, no, I mean, but like, but you know, if somebody said, "Oh yeah, Dave, you got to take uh, Derrick Henry at the 109." Oh, I don't really want to do that. Well, I did. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you I know, mean, I, I would have no problem doing that. So I, you like Derrick Henry at that sure, spot? Okay. Fine. I worried about his. Um, well, I guess when he he has that type of volume, you can't really be too concerned with his pass catching capabilities. Well, uh, I mean, if you lose, if you lose lose to tariff, to you know put that in quotes. 
But if you cut Deion Lewis, now granted, they're in Mayfield science one possibly, but they might use Henry more in the passing game. So you do have some upside there. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. And so, okay, let's get, yeah, this is perfect. Am I segueing myself? Yes, I am. This is great. God, Rob is a brilliant guy when he puts together this rundown. Such a good show so far. You're really doing well. Uh, thank you. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport also reports that the Titans plan to bring back Derrick Henry at, quote, a big number, Dave. Um, now, it's, what we don't know is here is if Ian Rappaport's reporting this or if he's just speculating based on the Deion Lewis uh, transaction, uh, given that he's a free agent right now. But if you look at the other free agent running backs so far uh, that, that are out there in the NFL – Career uh, touches, Melvin Gordon, 1,900. Lamar Miller, 1,900. Carlos Hyde, almost 1,800. Derrick Henry, 1,400. Excuse me, that's combined collegiate and NFL. So as much as we say Derrick Henry's been ridden pretty hard by the Titans over the last few years, as far as free agents go, this is not a a huge number for him. And I always say you hate to pay players for past performances, but in this case, um, I, I think if, if the Titans are paying him, he does have probably two or three really good years in front of him. I mean, he could even have four or five. I mean, I, I would see no problem signing him to a five-year deal. He's still, he's still on the young side of the prime of his career, even as a running back, because he came in young. I, I thought he was 20-ish, maybe. Yeah, he was very young. When he came out. Um, he's a huge dude. I mean, he, you look at players like Ron Dane, they got knocked out early, but he delivers more punishment than he takes. I, I, I got you know, those guys do tend to break down earlier, but I just, Henry just seems like a little bit different animal. He's like, he's like a big Frank Gore and that's a huge, uh, you know, it's a huge thing to say uh, because Gore has been so steady ever since he came out of college and got past those ACL injuries. Right. Um, but I just, I feel like Henry is like a little bit, I know I'm, you know, jinxing myself. I feel like he's a little bit bulletproof injury wise. I mean, as far as in the last two years, I, I just don't, I don't see things going on with him. You don't, he hasn't really had any soft tissue injuries. You know what I mean? And, like, you can only be bulletproof to, to a certain extent. But you're right. I mean, this is a guy that has not gone down. He's been, you know, what does Farrell always say, uh, KFFC commission, best of, uh, ability is availability. And Derrick Henry's definitely been available. And you bring up the Ron Dane comparison, and I think, you know, to, to my point, like, one of the things that separates these two guys is Dane had a ton of collegiate touches. Derrick Henry was running with all these other you know, five-star guys at Alabama. That's a great point. He didn't have, he didn't have the same kind of mileage on uh, at that point. And then you bring up, too, now that Lewis is gone, don't just assume that they're going to bring somebody in there to be a pass catcher. Maybe Derrick Henry is more of a pass catcher this year. Uh, another thing to keep in mind, Jack Conklin, uh, their right tackle, is a free agent. He is expected to leave. Uh, so that Titans line will take a hit. But remember, that Titans line was already one of the best in the NFL, too. Uh, so, so even though they, they may lose Conklin there, they still should be elite in that regard. One other thing uh, I want to get to before uh, Dan and Brian Jaciak come up here. I'll and, make this quick. Oh, we will make it very quick. <laughs> Packers officially, this was expected, Packers officially released Jimmy Graham. Uh, this will save the Packers $8 million in cap space as Jimmy Graham was headed into the final year of his deal as he is entering his age 34 season, Dave, in an offense where he was essentially the number two option with Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. He caught 34, Paul, uh, 34 balls for 447 yards and three touchdowns. I don't want to bring this up and make a Jimmy Graham point. He's done. Would you agree? No reason to... to... No, done with the Packers, but maybe not in the NFL. Uh, but as far as fantasy, this is, he's just a guy at this point. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I want to bring up. Jay Sternberger, who was the Packers' third-round pick out of Ohio State last – or Ohio State, out of Texas Tech last year, uh, a guy I really believe in, a guy I think is, is, is 
he won't be a league winner this year, but he's definitely being undervalued by FFPC uh, players right now, going as the tight end 28 at the 1507. Here's my hot take of the night. He's going to be the Packers starting tight end week one. I think they, they believe a lot in him. I think he is going to be a, a potential difference maker, ripping stuff down the seam. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers targets him a lot, and I will have him at, you know, any best balls I do, Jay Sternberger will definitely be on my team. All right. I mean, if they cut the guy that was in front of him, I don't know who else. It was Grant. Yeah, I mean, who else could – I mean, how is it a hot take when they cut the guy in front of him and he's the only one left? Well, they still have Robert Tanyan there, who a lot of people will say, Bobby Tanyan, Robert Tanyan. Okay, I get it. They could also draft somebody. To be honest with you, I, don't even, I didn't even know who that yeah. was. I he, still don't know. You know what's so funny about I that? I don't care, he sucks. He was the guy I thought was going to be so great last year, and then he dealt with a core injury basically mm-hmm. all season. and never. But I think that's a good one-two punch. I love Sternberger this year. I think he's going to be very yeah, good. good. He's is, he is cheap. That's a really inexpensive price. Yeah, super, uh, especially when you consider that, that you, he could be your tight end three or potentially even tight end four in an FFPC best ball. Keep in mind, that you're, the number you just gave is dated now because it's, This is over the last two weeks. Yeah, the news about and Jimmy Graham came out today. But this so was widely like, expected. This was not a shocking yes, it move. wasn't announced. Okay, well, I'm just saying. Like, I, I think you could As still. Am I. Okay. We're both saying. You make a good point. I, th- I think that Sternberger, and, and I think you would agree, is a tremendous value right now. Let's bring in tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they have been playing fantasy football, high-stakes fantasy football, for more than a decade. Since 2014, they've been exclusively playing uh, with the FFPC and Dynasty and high-stakes leagues in a variety of formats. Uh, Brian does a great job of regulating Dan's homerism, which has been key to their success, but they both agree it's never too early to take the Patriots defense. Please welcome in the 2019 FFPC 1250 number 12 dynasty champions in the FFPC, Dan and Brian Jasiak. Guys, welcome into the, uh, into the show. Hey, what's up, fellas? Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's Brian here. Um, Props to you guys for getting our last name right. I've heard, we've been listening in to, to the show, and uh, you guys have nailed it every time. So that, that's a hard oh, feat. Well, listen, thank you so much. I can't play fantasy football. I can barely hold together a podcast, but I can pronunciate a name. So <laughs> thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. Guys, let's talk about, uh, before we get into the fantasy football portion of, uh, of the show, uh, tell us what you do for a living. Dan, I'm going to let you go first here, and then Brian, go ahead. Oh man, I basically just uh, make dynasty trades on FFPC. That's that's uh, my go-to. It, it, that is true. He, he's he's the he's the true year-round GM, as I call it. So while I'm uh, out in the real world making money, he's uh, he's just hitting the wire and, and just killing it, doing research. No, but like all, yeah, no, honestly, Trader Danny. Yes, Trader Danny is what we call him. Um, I'm a program manager tech company in Boston. Um, it's a, it's a cool company. They let me, I've been coaching golf and hockey at my former high school on the side. So they let me do that and just became a dad, a proud father of an eight week old, um, named Christopher boy. So he's going to be what was this 2040 drafts NFL draft. He'll be in. So no pressure <laughs> yep. him, but yes, yeah. sir. You know, so, you know, raise him right. Start him young. Congratulations. So, that was great. Yeah, that's Appreciate awesome, it. man. Congratulations. Good good to hear on that. Uh, certainly, procreation is, is always good. Funneling the next generation of high-stakes fantasy football players, Dave. Hey, I, I appreciate you giving me a break right now. I don't know, Friday night, 10 o'clock, I should probably be uh, with him and the wife. But, hey, this is a nice little escape. So, hey, good on you guys. That's right. Thank you so much, and thanks for joining us. Dave, are, you, are you sleeping through the night yet? I know your son isn't yet. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm doing what I can. My, my wife's an absolute champ, so I'm just trying to relieve her whenever I can, you know. I, I get the late shift. I get the night shift, so I'm up till 3, 4 in the morning, but that's fine. 
I, I, it gives me more time to watch film, you know? So I'm good. Yeah. As long as you're not breastfeeding and it's only her, I think we're all good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're good. We got a system, man. We got a system. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good, man. Hey, Dan, how did you guys, uh, how did you and Brian get the idea to team up and play high stakes fantasy together? Oh, man. Well, it was so many years of just beating up on each other in uh, friends and family leagues. Uh, we figured, why not, uh, why not team up, you know? Like, why not? Tired of taking each other's money. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. It, you know, that if you can win more money together than playing against each other, uh, I, I'm totally on board with that. Uh, I just, I haven't wowed anybody enough to, to share teams uh, you with me. You haven't got me. any partnership no, offers? I haven't got, no, no. Where's the offers? Well, you know, I get them, and then I play with them for a year, and then they're like, yeah, I'm moving on. Hard you pass. Know, yeah, hard pass <laughs> indeed. That should be all my fantasy <laughs> yeah. team names is hard pass. Uh, uh, listen, and we also Brian, like a lot of the guys, same players, you know, so that's, that's a little challenging, you know, we're, we're going for the same guys and then we're like, come on, that's my guy. No, that's your guy. So it's that whole deal. Yeah. You know? we, we talked about this thing. We talked about this 24 seven football, you know, in front of the golf course, we're, we're always shooting the shit talking football. So, you know, might as well team up and, you know, no free ads, but we started doing real time fantasy sports, but don't worry. We like you guys way more. We did that early on. And, uh, once we joined FFBC, the, you know, user experience, everything was way better and, um, I actually started a, uh, a 12 team dynasty league with friends and family, just mid stakes. It was a couple hundred bucks entry. Uh, this is back in 2012. This is the first time we ever did dynasty, um, together, uh, competing against each other. Right. But it was all manual Excel based, did it over Yahoo, whatever. And, uh, that was our first introduction to the, to the world of dynasty. And it was actually funny just, just prepping for this. I was looking back at the old, those old Excel spreadsheets back in 2012, I went, three and 10 and then four and nine in 2013. But my next three seasons, I was great, but I was looking at my draft and this again, first dynasty league I've ever done. I got Isaiah Peed and Steven Jackson in the first three rounds in 2012. So I'm thinking, nice. great, I get the Rams bell cow back and their new rookie, shiny toy, Isaiah Peed. And I think when I, you know, Isaiah, Peed, come on, you guys remember him, right? Nothing. Oh yeah. yeah. We remember. He was the worst. Is that right? <laughs> it might be since that. Awful, awful pick. So yeah, it, it, that, it's kind of funny. Like looking back, and, and we learned a lot doing that. We learned a lot, right? And then this is going to flow into a lot of questions later. But after my last place finish, we did a lottery system for the t- for the bottom four picks. So I was supposed to get the first overall pick the following year. Uh, it was Le'Veon Bell's draft class in 2013, and uh, I ended up getting the second pick. And who was there after Le'Veon Bell? None other than Monty Ball, Giovanni Bernard, Tavon Austin, with Eddie Lacy, too. But, like, not, none of those are exciting. <laughs> Ended up going with Monty Ball. So I was in the gutter for another year, you know? So, end of the day, yeah, like, oh, end oh, of the oh. day, man. Like, we, we learned a lot about Dynasty. I think that's helped our success, you know, now with you guys and you know, doing FFPC over the years is, yeah, you'll, as you'll find, we don't overvalue, you know, our, our, those draft picks, right? you, you got to do a lot of work midseason. you got to do – you know, you got to be on the waiver wire. Um, you get lucky too, right? I, I was looking at my, you know, my drafts in the third and fourth season. I ended up getting Odell Beckham in the second round and David Johnson in the with 12th overall pick in the fourth year. So you get guys like that. Um, you know, Michael Thomas, I think, is a good example of that in the uh, was it 2016 draft. I think we ended up getting Michael Thomas um, as like the, you know, maybe the sixth wide receiver off the board or something like that. So. No, you, you learn a yeah. lot. You don't want to overvalue and overhype the early guys and, and just kind of go with the flow. So, yeah. yeah I, so, so, Dan, let me ask you this, because you, you started playing Dynasty, you know, just like at a mid-stakes level with friends and family back then. 
when you guys made the jump to playing high stakes dynasty, what was the biggest adjustment? Like what, what, what were you, I don't want to say what were you not prepared for or what was the toughest learning curve, toughest part of the learning curve to sort of, um, you know, acknowledge and, and master. I think, uh, I mean, just figuring out with trades, it's, I mean, it's hard, like with, with trades on your, with yourself, like you're, I mean, I'll, I'll make that decision real quick, but, um, having someone else to balance that out makes a big deal. Um, so that, I mean, that was great. Like having that. Uh, talking with Dan and Brian Jaciak, the, uh, 1250 number 12 FFPC dynasty champs here in the high stakes fantasy football hour. Brian, I, I want to congratulate you and Dan on, on bringing that 1250 number 12 title home while you guys we're polishing that trophy. You actually have some aging players on this team. Raheem Mostert, Julio Jones, Tom Brady, Jared Cook, uh, Greg Olson. What is sort of your dynasty philosophy uh, towards players on your team who are getting a little bit long in the tooth? And have you ever uh, tried floating, uh, or recently, I should say, tried floating these guys yeah. out in trades? Well, first of all, you need that veteran leadership on the bench, man. You've you got, you got to have those aging vests to show the young guys, right? Come on. So it, it's fine. Absolutely. But, you know, no, in all seriousness, right, it's, it's, to us, it's not about, you know, young versus old, right? It's about value and winning now, right? So, and that's something we've done. We've never overvalued the, the younger guys, right? We get them as they fall. But end of the day, if someone wants to dump like a veteran, like say Larry Fitzgerald, right? If someone wants to give us fifth for, a, you know, a fourth, fifth round, you know, free agency draft pick, we'll take fifth all day, right? Like that's a good bi-week fill-in. It's a good flex fill-in. Um, and end of the day, too, we're all we're, we're very active. When I say we, I mean Dan, Trader Danny over here. We're very <laughs> active on the trade front. Um, so anyone on our team is always for sale and vice versa. So we just find that, yeah, we'd try to trade Greg Olson, right, if we could. But the market, you know, is offering us six-round free agency fix for him. That's not worth it, right? I'd rather, I'd rather have him retire, right? Old G-Rag, right? Like, we're good with him. <laughs> right. So – it, it's it's kind of, end of the day. Yeah, it's value, right? It's value in winning now, and and we'll take the you know we'll we'll take the the, the you know the older guys all day long because they'll contribute, right? I think what didn't we do like a Drew Brees trade for like a fifth round or sixth round pick, and we had him as a backup to Deshaun Watson all year. It just felt great. Like it's good to have that. Yeah, Brady has a number three in that one. Yeah. Like, fine. Oh my goodness, it works. It works. That's that awesome. does work. That's yeah. that's excellent work. That's excellent work, Dave. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, actually, yeah. uh, for sure. Uh, speaking of the Saints, uh, Alan Kamara said he played last year at 75% with a bum leg. I don't, where, did I, where did this come from? Roto World had this update. So we, yeah, can you believe that? Instead of having that update, we covered Jimmy Graham instead. We talked about Jimmy because Graham. Because I wanted to ask the true geniuses oh, yeah, about okay. Alvin Kamara. Well, this is news to me, but it sure seemed like he played with the bum leg because he was kind of about <laughs> 75% good. He was kind of a bum. So, Brian, how much are you buying into that? And uh, do you think he's going to have a big bounce back from him this year? I mean, what a quote, right? I mean, if if he, if he played 75% with a bum leg, then he is the consensus, what, number two, third pick maybe over, you know, after what, CMC or um, and Saquon, but probably over Saquon. I mean, I don't know, if you look at his numbers, right, like it's, it's, it's a crazy concept because his first two years in the league, we all know he, how much of a stud he was. I think he had, uh, had double-digit uh, total touchdowns, and he actually had 81 catches in three consecutive seasons. So we're talking PPR fans football here, right? Like, I, we don't do the standard well, right? Um, so <laughs> last year he had 1,300 total yards and 81 catches, right? And that's a down year? That's crazy, right? It's because he didn't live up to his, his uh, what, top three ADP? 
Um, he's ninth in scoring as a running back last year. So, I mean, I'm all in on Kamara. If he thinks he, he, did, he had a bad year um, and, you know, he's going to be off the charts. I mean, you look at, you look at uh, what McCaffrey did, you know, he was historic, right? He, he scored, I think, 150 more points than any other running back. So it's easy to get caught up in the hype of how good CMC was and you kind of forget everyone else. And Kamara's in that group as well. So, yes, bounce back season all day long. We'll take him. Yeah. And Brian, you bring that up too. Actually, Kamara, as you pointed out, eighty or excuse me, eighty catches in his first three seasons in the league. Only two other running backs have done that: the aforementioned Christian McCaffrey and Marshall Falk, who, oh by the way, is a Hall of Famer. So certainly yeah, a lot of fantasy goodness there. And you think about this too. I mean, the the Saints, or Drew Brees announced he's coming back. You know, I know he peppered Michael Thomas last year. He checked down quite a bit uh, last year as well. And you got to believe that Alvin Kamara is going to be the beneficiary of that. Right now in FFPC best ball leagues, uh, uh, on, uh, over the last two weeks, uh, players are taking Alvin Kamara on average as the 106, as the fifth running back off the board, uh, behind guys like Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook. So if you do get a mid-first-round pick, uh, in an FFPC best ball or, or what have you going forward. Not the worst uh, idea in the world to spend that on Alvin Kamara and bet on a bounce back because I think I'm with you. I, I think that the, he's in for a big 2020 season. Um, let's get back to Dynasty, Dan. I noticed that you guys have moved uh, most of your top rookie draft picks uh, in the three Dynasty leagues you have on FFPC. Do you feel like your competitors overvalue those selections and trades or did you guys move those as uh, you know part of your belief in, hey, let's try to win now and, and make hay while the sun shines, and if, if we got to part with rookie future picks to get veterans uh, that are going to help us win a title, we're going to do it. How do you sort of fall in on that philosophy? Yeah, hey, I'll tell you, like when, uh, back in 2014, uh, early on, I mean, we thought first-rounders were gold, and we, we look into the draft so much and, and get so pumped up about it. But, I mean, I think as uh, one thing we've learned is, I mean, why not take like players that are veterans that you you've seen you know what they're about rather than I mean a lot of the picks in the first round can be a dart throw any given year I mean you never know um so like this particular year we were just like hey we're we're pretty close we have some good squads like let's let's go for it so I mean I mean some of the uh examples of trade like we we uh in all three of our dynasty t- uh, teams we we dropped uh first rounders but I mean we were getting deals like we got Mahomes in the one we won for Rodgers in a first, I think that's very good. I mean, uh, essentially we got Fournette for a first. He was he was a game changer uh, this past year. And then uh, we kind of took a risk on Kareem Hunt for, I think it was a first and a sixth. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with that from a dynasty perspective. You never know. As long as he is not a knucklehead off the field. Um, but, I mean, then, I mean, then we're trading kind of veterans or doing some other things to try to get late, like when it comes closer to draft time. Um, and then, uh, I mean, our, the one league, um, that we happen to win, um, we got McLaurin as a, as a 4.3 in a rookie draft. I mean, he was, I, I'm not sure what the numbers are in, entirely, but I mean, I'm pretty sure he was, he was the top rookie, uh, wide out, uh, if not like top three. So, um, good value there. I mean, I just feel like, yeah, you want the tried and, and like tested players that, that you, that you know what they're about. Rather than, uh, I mean, a guy like, I mean, even though we're Pats fans, Nikhil Harry, he was the first pick last year, and that that didn't help you very much. So, it's all true. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, here's the here's my here's my issue with Dynasty. I tend to collect all these number one picks, and then right before the draft starts, 
I end up uh, unloading them all for a proven player, and sometimes that proven player has his best years behind him, and then I end up forfeiting guys who are going to be studs. You know, That doesn't always happen with me, but it has happened more than I care to admit, and I won't care to admit any more than that, Dave. Are you giving up on that strategy? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not necessarily. I, I, now I'm actually trying to see it through, and this, this will be the first year. I'm like, yeah. I've gotten some pretty bad offers for my, the number one picks in Carrington, and it's been easy to turn those down. I feel like those are going to start sweetening up here, and it's going to be a matter of willpower if I can turn All it down. All right. Now. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm no, excited. don't don't send me any don't offers, please. You. No, 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 don't. All right, Jens. So we haven't talked a lot. Go ahead. If you're playing Dynasty, you just got to win now, man. Like, if you're playing these high-stakes Dynasty leagues, you, you just want to focus on winning now because you'll, 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 you'll make some great waiver additions, that, you know, that you didn't plan on. Like, Darren Waller is a great example. We scooped him up in two of the three leagues. We got um, most oh, for a nice. buck. We got most it for one dollar. Yeah, like, uh, that, that helps. You can't, you can't predict this stuff. So <laughs> rather than rather than bet on these random players, like look at the 2016 draft. That was the, that was the Ezekiel Elliott draft. But you had guys like Laquan Treadwell, Doxon, Sterling Shepard, Corey Coleman. These were all ridiculous busts going in the in the first round early. And that's where Michael Thomas. That was the Michael Thomas example. He went later. Um, so you, you, it's really tough. If you're really going to spend that much money to get these top first round picks, you better be in, you know, one of those legendary rookie drafts, like 20, was it 2017 had? Yeah. 2017 was the McCaffrey draft. That's with the Dalvin, one. Yeah. yeah that, was, uh, that was Fournette, McCaffrey, Cook, Mixon, Kamara, Kareem Hunt, 2017. That, that doesn't happen often. Um, so, you know, from, from our experience, our, you know, our double digit years doing this, um, yeah, just, just, you, you better get that real value to it. All right. Well, I'm glad you mentioned all that. Um, we haven't talked about running back AJ Dillon a lot on this show. I'm going to ask this to Dan. I, I'm going to be willing to wager uh, that he has a career somewhere in between Isaiah Pete and Christian McCaffrey. Wow. Yeah. Now, you know, <laughs> That's going bold. out on a limb. But, so Dan, which, which side of the spectrum do you think uh, he lands on the more like the piss spectrum? Isaiah Pad Or the CMC <laughs> spectrum? <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I mean, I know, I mean, this guy did a lot at BC, and I appreciate the hometown uh, shout-out there. I mean, obviously, the all-time um, leading rusher, um, he put up crazy numbers, and it's it's in, it's interesting that he profiles in the combine pretty much identically to Derrick Henry, which you guys were just talking about being like 1.6 in redrafts or late first round. Um, so, I mean, that's definitely an interesting comparison but they, their numbers are literally identical other than his height he's got a few inches on him uh Derek Henry does so I mean I I, just, I really like the prospect obviously he improved his draft stock with the combine um but he had um he had 845 carries three through three years that's a lot I mean so um a little worried about that side and, and just being a PPR um player only 21 catches so it's like I don't know it, the only worry is he turns into Andre Williams, which I'll be honest, in the in the dynasty league that my brother was talking about, I wagered the future for Andre Williams, and that uh, didn't work out so well for me. No, it did not. I think we le- we learned then too, right? Like we're a PPR focused uh, team. Like we we only get guys with upside in that front. So you know, as as, as happy you are, just, you know, the AJ Dillon's a Boston College player, and we're from here. End of the day, though, we're just because we're Boston guys, as me, we're huge fans of that team. Dan actually went to the University of Tennessee, so maybe that's why we're uh, big Kamara guys. But Kamara, yeah, no, yeah. would stay away. Yeah, I would stay away from Dillon just because of it's. In my opinion, you know, I know Dan gave some some Henry measurables, but still, give me the PPR numbers all day long, uh, and and that upside instead. 
We're talking with uh, Dan and Brian Jasiak here tonight on the uh, HSFFR, the 1250 number 12 Dynasty League champs. And and let's get into uh, some more uh, rookie analysis here. Dan, Jerry Judy is widely considered not, you know, it's not a consensus, obviously, but he's widely considered the top wideout in the 2020 NFL draft. How close do you think he's going to come to living up to that once he gets to the league? And we're going to talk with, with Brian and Nikhil Harry in a little bit, but that was a guy who was, um, you know, obviously a, a top wide receiver draft in rookie drafts last year, didn't really live up to it. How do you see Judy's uh, career playing out here, Dan? Well, hey, I mean, big shoes to fill. You got Julio, you got Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley. So is he the next guy? Uh, I mean, I certainly think he could be. I think I'm, the tough thing with wideouts this year, I feel like, is, it, it. I mean, before the draft, we're not sure where they're going to land, obviously. So I think opportunity plays a big role in this. Um, but I love his teammate, too, uh, Henry Ruggs. Uh, I mean, he lit up the combine. 4.2740, that was the best for wideouts. And then he was off the charts with uh, just athleticism and broad jump and vertical. Um, and then, again, as you guys were talking about earlier, love C.D. Lamb. Uh, he might be the number one uh, wide out uh, in, in my mind. Uh, but that's not taking anything away from Judy. I, I enjoyed watching him all year. And uh, he actually had a better sophomore season than, than last year. So, if you know what I mean? Like, I, I think um, – and then T. Higgins, another guy that – that's uh, in the conversation for me. Um, but I, I think a lot of it just le- depends on landing spot and opportunity and uh, who their quarterback is. But uh, I do think she's going to have a good career. I do too. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I think he's going to be the one one in a lot of uh, fantasy drafts this year too, uh, regardless of where the top three running backs go. Uh, he's just such a phenomenal talent. I, and, you know, maybe he busts, but I think his bust rate is, is probably as pretty low as, or as low as I've seen for a receiver. You know, I, I think uh, Mel Kiper Jr. said that, um, and, and, I, and, you know, forgive me if I'm misquoting him, but I thought he said he's in the same class of Julio Jones and A.J. Green as far as how he rated these guys when they were coming out. So Judy looks like a, a, a fairly safe pick. Now, Dave, conversely, a receiver who ended up not being a safe pick in last year's draft is one we should ask Dan and Brian about here. Uh, you know, he, Nikhil Harry went number 101 in a bunch of drafts in 2019. Uh, Players who took Josh Jacobs, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, blah, 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 blah. The list goes on, yeah. Yeah, they're a lot, a lot happier. Um, but, I mean, Harry, he was highly regarded coming out. I know the Patriots have a bad history with, uh, with wide receivers. Started off slow with the injury. Yeah, Brian, what do you think? Do you think Harry might, uh, you know, he's probably getting pretty cheap on the trade blocks. What do you guys think? Is he in for a breakout, or should they uh, try and, you know, maybe get a second round or try and deal him off uh, before the season starts? Yeah. You guys have no idea. Like, idea how good of a question this is because this is something that dan and i argued about all last season where that's uh (laughs) and the dogs apparently are not a fan that's security right there actually he's on my team then yeah because i'll be honest i'm not the biggest fan of of nikhil it it pains me to say that because i'm a huge pats fan and nikhil i know you're listening right now so i'm sorry buddy but uh, historically, the Pats just don't draft well at that position in rounds one through four. Like, if you look at historically in the last few years, you've got Malcolm Mitchell, Aaron Dobson, Chad Jackson. Like, the list goes on. You have to go back to 96 with Terry Glenn. Um, and Julian Edelman does not count. as a seventh rounder, and that was a, that was a quarterback play, let's be honest, right? Um, no. So, it, it's, with Nikhil, I don't know, man. It's, it's not about skill. He's a talented kid, but just the way the Pats play, the way they spread the ball around – uncertainty at the quarterback position, his injury history. There's a lot against him, right? 
I, I hope he's great. I hope he pans out, but I, I'm not feeling it as much right now. Dan can probably counter right now, but it, but the problem is in Dynasty, he's a sell low, right? Like, yeah, I, I if I it was in a position that I had him, I would not be I would not be getting rid of him for a second round pick. You you just got to hold on to him for a couple of years, right? Like he could be fine, he could be great, but he hasn't shown enough other than that ridiculous touchdown that got called back, right? Remember that one in the playoffs? Um, but, yeah, you can, but you can't sell him right now. No, That's you can't. Sell it's him. like it's like having stocks before this whole thing happened. Yeah, you can't you can't, you can't sell off right now, or you just get nothing for your initial investment. And I mean, I, I'll be honest, I'd rather have DK Metcalf. There's other guys. Debo Samuel looks pretty good right now, yeah, and there's, there's other guys. guys just guys, like yeah. I, I guess it was probably just the shiny new object thing about getting a first round wide out and being excited about it. But I mean, you yeah. barely saw the field, so. Yeah, the, Pat- um, the Patriots rarely know. get those skill positions in the in the first round, right? We we did it with uh, Michelle last year, but uh, or the year before, um, but it doesn't happen often. So yeah, we're we're excited as, as a fan base, but uh, not feeling it right now. Um, so, uh, what do you guys think? I got it. No, no, I have him, Dave. I don't know how many dynasty who's, who's teams. Who's quarterback going to be again? We, we, maybe Andy Dalton. Great question. Know. I mean, do we, do we have another half hour? I mean, finally, they're going to get a good-looking guy at quarterback. <laughs> oh, can you imagine oh the look dude, scale dude, going for coronavirus and Andy Dalton? All our sports and Brady at the same time. Like we can't have that in the same week. I just, it can't take it. No kidding. Um, I, let's um, let's get into. Uh, I, I got a couple of emails here that that I want to read from some listeners. Um, I'm going to pitch this first one to you, Brian. Uh, this is from uh, who is this from? This is from Ray in San Francisco. He says, "How do you guys view Devin Singletary in terms of dynasty value? Is he being a little overvalued right now, or are you guys buying in on him?" Thank you for the email, Ray in San Francisco. Singletary obviously started off slow last year, but really took that that uh, Buffalo job and, and ran with it, pun intended. Uh, and it sounds like uh, Frank Gore is is uh, not going to be brought back, so it's Devin Singletary's backfield there. How do you guys? Uh, feel about him, Brian? Is, is is this a guy that you need to be buying in on for uh, as far as Dynasty goes? I'm going to have to give Dan a piece of this question because his wife is a, is actually a Buffalo Bills fan, so he's going to talk about it. I, I'm objective. We're both objective people, right? I'm a, I'm a huge Singletary fan. I think he's explosive. He passes the eye test. I love what I see from him. Um, you know, he's a stud, man. He's a stud. I think his, uh, his I, I think he's a PPR guy. I think he's what you want to see. Um, his, his last game, I think they featured him really well in the playoffs against Houston, which was one of the um, more ridiculous games of the playoffs. But I think he had, you know, he had six or seven grabs, a couple of explosive plays. I think he, he peaked towards the end of the year and he looks great. Right, Dan, like, what do you think about him? Yeah, that was more optimistic than I expected you to be. But I, I, thought, Singletary, <laughs> I thought Singletary was a my guy type thing. But uh, you, you hit all the points. I mean, I, I like him and obviously – uh, Frank Gore ate into his workload last year, and and sure. he's gonna have a greater chance to to showcase himself uh, this year. And um, obviously, their Bills are gonna add some pieces. Like Josh Allen makes the team a little more exciting. And um, I mean, there's more optimism in Buffalo than there has been yeah. in a long time. So he's a piece I would go. I would go not borderline all in for if you if you can get him uh, to someone you know who's not really excited about him. You can trade for him now. He's a guy that I think is going to absolutely take off. His ADP is just going to skyrocket in the next couple of years. Um, I you know I, I own Singletary in a couple leagues. I fielded some some offers for him in the off season. Um, nothing that I'm I'm willing to to go on because I think people are still. Kind of, they're, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm overvaluing him. I just feel like I'm. They're sending me a floor value rather than you know, 
somewhere between a floor and a ceiling value. And, and I would part with them in the right scenario. I just don't feel like I've gotten it so far as, as far as Dynasty goes. One other email here, Dan, I'm going to throw this to you uh, here as this email comes from Charlie in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, what's up, brothers? JCAC, can you give me a read on Brady right now? Oh, this is, this is poignant here. Can you give me a read on Brady right now? Where does he end up, and how does he affect the skill guys on that team? Way to go on your dynasty win. Thank you for the email, Charlie, in Durham, North Carolina. All right, Dan, what's the Brady prediction here from you? Oh, man. I mean, uh, yeah, you're, what, what you're, is you're going? asking the right guy. guy. Well, I just got a tip uh, <laughs> recently. So, uh, so spin zone coronavirus may delay the the start of free agency, giving the Pats more time to negotiate with Tom and bringing him back home to us. So, uh, there, there's your prediction right there. I, I, I like funny it. About that situation too is that he, uh, I, what I'm hearing is he's demanding like general manager role, right? He wants to make. Uh, player decisions, he wants to call the plays. And I don't blame him. You know, at this stage in his career, with his skill set and his knowledge of the game, he wants to go into a situation right away where he can, you know, obviously insert himself as the alpha. So he, is he going to get that, right? So I think I actually like that he's doing that because I think that ultimately brings him right back into New England because he's not going to get a better deal than uh, what he has here. So that's my, my optimism, but I actually do think that's pretty reasonable as well because I think he's asking for too much, and I think he'll, he'll find himself back uh, with the pass. It sounds like he's trying to play real-life Madden, as my buddy just said to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, real-life Madden. Will, will, yeah, it's not going to work. And you know if he comes back to New England, uh, Coach Belichick is still going to be calling the shots there too. So sometimes the grass isn't always greener, and, and maybe Brady will find that. Listen, I have no stake. I have no dog in the fight. I want to see Brady in a Patriots uniform again. Keep going. Uh, you know, just yeah, what just continue that legacy. At this point? Oh, you know, Tampa is trying to get him. And I think about Brady in a oh. Tampa jersey. It's like it's sullying everything about what winning stands for. Oh, no, we need Jameis there. We, we can't ha- we can't lose that comedy. Oh, Brady in a color rush <laughs> Thursday night game. Bucks, Jaguars, no thanks. <laughs> Oh, that's so terrible. Uh, the 616 uh, caller has been very patient. Go ahead. You're on the air with uh, David Balky and uh, Dan and Brian Jasiak. Who are we talking to? And they dropped off. So I love it when they hang out for that long and then we put them on and, uh, and then they drop off. That's okay. Uh, we've uh, we've a lot tor- of pressure to talk on these shows. No, there is. Yeah. yeah, clearly. Really um, speaking of uh, tough, we're going to put the tough questions to Dan and Brian here, Dave, uh, as, uh, as we want them to uh, spill their guts, as it were, uh, as far as some sleeper and bust here, right? That's right. If you've been listening at all, you know that I don't know jack crap about the rookies this year so far, so I'm just looking for your advice. Uh, okay, I know a little bit both. You don't do be too mad. That's right. what I'm saying. I know you do. I'm looking for a bust and a sleeper. Let's start with Brian and then uh, Dan. Uh, please help us out. So I'm sort of, you know, I hate to say it, I hate to agree with these two. I'm, I'm, I'm in a similar uh, spot as you, right? It's a difficult pre-draft question. This is, again, this is kind of how we've always been successful, though. You need to see where people land and what their paths to snaps are, right? Um, Atlanta, they might part with Devontae Freeman. If they get a running back, man, that's a big pick right there. Houston with Lamar Miller running back, that's uncertain. Miami, if they get a running back. Dallas, if you know, where does uh, Amari Cooper go? Wide receiver right there. You guys are talking about Green Bay tight end. If they get a guy like Thaddeus Moss, like, that could be a sleeper pick. You never know. Um, but, like, pre-draft, like, you got to just go with the eye test from watching college games. 
Um, like, I'm bummed uh, Travis Etienne from Clemson staying. Uh, he would have been top of my list on a sleeper. Um, I know Dan, Dan will probably talk about J.K. Dobbins in a second. Clyde well, Edwards from you. LSU. Yeah, go you. ahead. Yeah, no, <laughs> might be the best player in the draft. Like, I would go all in on him right now. Justin Jefferson from LSU, big-time player. Um, but it's hard to it's hard to call a bus right now when you don't really know what the situation is. So, yeah, what do you think, Dan? No, Dobbins is my guy. I I, I mean, I thought he was. Uh, I'm I'm actually surprised that a lot of people are putting him further down the list. Like, I'm seeing him as like a fifth ranked running back, and that seems that seems crazy. Like, he seems like a a third, a second or third rounder at this point. But I thought, I mean, just eye test alone and in his production last year, it just, just insane. I mean, I, I thought something special about him. And uh, I think depending on where he lands up, like he's PPR gold. And uh, I think he's a big time sleeper. Another guy like um, Denzel Mims from, from Baylor. Um, just he's electric speed. Just he showed out at the combine. Um, and then just a little deeper. I really do like Fromm from Georgia. Uh, I think because he could probably end up being like a third or fourth rounder, um, depending on how the QB um, how how that slides out, you know. But yeah. it's, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of good names to keep in mind there uh, for certain, and and I'm with you on Fromm too. I I actually like him quite a bit. Um, and, and somebody is going to get a steal because he won't go in the first round. I think he will go on day two. I don't think he slips to day three, and somebody's going to get a pretty good value on him. I know uh, we tried to go to the 616 before. I want to give it one more shot. 616, you're on the air with Dave Balky and Dan and Brian Jaziak. Fellas. What's up, man? This is Jimmy. This is Jimmy. What? Jimmy, how's it going? You have a question tonight? What is the max that you guys – would do a dynasty with ten thousand. This is this is a this is a good question for Dave. I I, I we the highest we've ever done is five thousand. I don't know if we'd ever scare up enough talent for a ten thousand draft, well, Dave. Yeah, we? well, Dave Dave doesn't have the balls to fucking do a ten thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, I don't know if we could if we could do a ten. Like we could launch it, but I don't think well, Dave, I don't think we'd fill it. No, I mean, not, not with, not with, I mean, like, if we just launched it on the site and we, like, publicized sure. it. I mean, we could have a $10,000 Dynasty League if everyone pays two years' worth of entry fees up front. So that's $20,000 a person. And then we plus do it. Plus a $5,000 deposit. So right. if we can scare up $300,000 for $120,000 in entry fees, I'd be happy to host it. Jimmy, that's all it takes is three hundred grand. I know what it takes to sell an orphan team. And let me tell you, a $2,500 <laughs> orphan team is a pain in the ass. <laughs> And ten thousand yeah. dollars, multiply that not times four; it's an exponential thing. It's like times four hundred. Right. So yeah, well, listen. Yeah, send, listen, me the, listen send me the send me the twenty five thousand box, and we'll we'll reach out as the first one. We have twins on the phone right now. They would easily right. put up one team, easily. Okay. All right. So so here's what I'm gonna, here's what I'm going to suggest. Here's what I'm gonna, and I'll put this out right now. If now we're we're already taking wait lists for Dynasty Startup starting at uh, seven fifty. But if anybody, if you know anybody who's interested, we will send dynasty at myffpc.com. Let us know you're interested in a 10K league. And once we get 12 owners together. We, well, if we got five or six, I would actually. Uh, you'd list it? No, at that point, I would talk to Alex about it. Oh, okay. Oh, well, there you go. So, I, we think, just, so, I think you guys have a so market basically, we, I, we, I used to work, Would these I used two to guys do draft. it? I spent, I spent three years at DraftKings, and I, I spent a lot of time with a lot of our high-stakes players, and there's a huge market for this. We used to host uh, like fanciful world championships, talk exactly. to all those guys, former poker players. Um, they didn't bat an right. eye at, at 
$600 entry, single game, exactly. single weekend matchup. So it's out Maybe there. We put it out there, people will come. Maybe it won't be that. It wouldn't be as much as I said. Hey, All right. You know what? Shoot, seriously, shoot an email. If we get... If we get even four or five people, we'll, uh, we might make it happen. Yeah, no, for sure. And because you guys are two, that's a, you're already, we're already halfway to four. Jimmy, I want to thank so you my for question, the phone my call. My question man. is, you might. Well, hang on. Go ahead. Hang on, though. My, my question is hang to the, the twin boys ahead. here. And I'm sure Matt Ryan is in the background. Um, <laughs> if you had a 10G uh, wager here, what would be your first pick? No doubt. You in a dynasty, dynasty league? Oh, hell yeah. D- dynasty. Go ahead. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I was going to say. Not even a question. I Sorry, I didn't hesitate. What, <laughs> yeah. do, what would you pick? Yeah. No. Jerry Judy? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right. All right. I don't Good know. Jimmy, we certainly we appreciate the phone call on that um, as far as that goes. I think it is CMC. I don't think it – uh, I, I think that's that's where it starts, and especially when you're talking about a 10K league. Um, Dan and Brian, you guys have been incredibly gracious with your time. I know we kept you on longer than uh, than we thought uh, tonight, so thanks so much for hanging out. Um, congratulations on the 1250-12. Uh, good luck in all of your FFPC dynasty and FFP, you know, regular FFPC leagues uh, as the season goes on as well. We certainly enjoyed it uh, tonight. You gave me uh, some things to think about with uh, with my dynasty chops, so I'll certainly be applying those as well and we'll talk again real soon thanks so much guys thanks fellas enjoy right, it guys. anytime appreciate it dan dan and brian jc the thanks 1250 lot. number 12 ffpc dynasty champs of course you follow brian on twitter at bjcac 11 you follow dan on twitter at football ppr good stuff from those guys uh very knowledgeable dave yeah, they totally knew their stuff. I, sure. I, I got to stop. Ho- I'm going to retire this show. And I'm not going to. Right, re- cool. No, no, here's the thing. Oh. I'm going to get a different host because I, I keep talking to these great high stakes players every single week. And whether it's Redraft or Dynasty, they, they, everybody has their own approach to it. And the, as it happens, a lot of the guests we have on the show are very successful at it. And they all have their own ways of doing it. And I, tr- I try to apply what I know, but it's like a hodgepodge. And you can't do a hodgepodge. You, c- you can't try to do a little bit of everything. You've got to kind of pick one strategy and go with it. And I feel like that's, it's, well, that's one of the things that's hamstrung me over the years. And now I have a lot to think about after the JCX joined the show tonight because, uh, you know, oftentimes you don't hear a whole lot of people talking about trading number one picks um, uh, for talented uh, veterans, you know, that that's usually something that you don't want to do in dynasty. And these guys have been doing it for six years and they've had a lot of success doing it. So it's something to keep in mind uh, for sure. So I want to thank those, uh, those guys for those gentlemen for coming on. We've been taking a look at how the uh, certain positions have finished in 2019 tonight, as we close out the show, we've got about six minutes or so. Um, and, and I want to talk a little bit about how the receivers finished last year. Now, Dave, I have given you a list of the top hundred receivers in 2019. We're obviously not going to be talking about 100 receivers here tonight. I do want to um, single out a few receivers and, and, and talk about where they're going in FFPC best balls right now. Uh, number one on this list is Chris, well, not number one, but number one on my list, Chris Godwin, who finished as the number two fantasy receiver behind Wunderkind, uh, Michael Thomas. He finished 90 fantasy points behind Michael Thomas, to give you an idea of the gap between one and two last year. So but Godwin was number two, and if you look at where he's going right now in, uh, in best ball drafts, you can get him at the 209. That strikes me as a big-time value. 
Yeah, it's pretty solid. I mean, he doesn't have a quarterback at all, so you're just drafting the wide receiver only. But, I mean... You're drafting the catcher. Okay, that's fine. You're, and no you're, pitcher. You're right. Now... That's a reference to baseball, a sport that's no longer in existence. Right, okay, thank you. Tampa has basically made it known that Jameis Winston will come back and be their quarterback if literally every other alternative fails. All right? So now if that is the case, we, we know what Godwin can do with Winston. But wouldn't you think that anything else would be an improvement, or would it so be a de- anything else would be an improvement over whatever oh. gets this guy to be number two as a wide receiver? No, I don't think. That. Okay, so that I was it was a leading question. That's what I was trying to get to, uh, because if they do get Rivers or Brady or who else, it may be a better NFL decision. May not be great for fantasy value though for Godwin. True. Okay. Um, so two oh nine, you're still on board with with uh, Godwin. I get it. All right, moving on. Julian Edelman, can you believe he finishes the number five receiver last year? Is as uh, terrible as that New England offense was, especially down the stretch, you know, uh, the Patriots who really faded. Julian Edelman, number five receiver, and nobody's really giving him respect as far as uh, FFPC best ball. I have no idea where he's going to like, guess. Go ahead. Uh, 403. Much lower. Really? Yes. Wow. Where, 510? 710. Shut up, really? 710 is his average right now. He is the... He's going the fourth round all the time, and everybody would get pissed when he got drafted. He'd be like, oh, I, uh, I shouldn't have waited. I should have drafted him in the third. Yeah. I was going to take him. Um, wide, receiver, would get mad. wide receiver 31 right now, Dave. Here's just like a few of the guys that are going ahead of him. Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd, Terry McLaurin, DJ Chark. It, just show, I mean, it really shows how deep wide receiver really yeah. is. It's amazing. Those are all good. Those are decent picks, too. Um, would you jump on Julian Edelman in the fifth round? Well, I mean, given the players you just listed, probably not. But, okay. I mean, wow, that's uh, – You get him at the end of clearly, the seventh, Clearly, man. I'm not drafting right now, but Edelman's a really nice pick in that range. All right, let's talk about our mascot who's in the chat room right now, too, Packer, his favorite wide receiver one, who is not a wide receiver one, according to him, was Kenny Galladay, who finished as the wide receiver seven last year in, uh, in FFPC scoring, Dave. He's going at the wide receiver eight this year at the 304. Matthew Stafford had maybe his – best statistical year as a pro so obviously Kenny Galladay was a big beneficiary of that he's going ahead of DJ Moore Amari Cooper and Odell Beckham right now I think you would rather have well no I'm I'm not I won't even say it would you rather have Galladay over all three of those receivers Moore Cooper Beckham um I'd rather have Galladay over Cooper and Beckham Moore I'm not sure about but he doesn't because quarterback situation. Yeah, exactly. But more, I just I love his talent, uh, and I again I feel like he's going to make another leap forward this year. I probably would take more over Gallup. Okay, all right. I mean they're going essentially back to back, so I, I I have no quarrel with you there. In, in fact, I would probably take Galladay over Moore, but once I know who Moore's quarterback is, and, and if it's some if it's not like Kyle Allen or somebody like that, then, then I'd probably go with Moore. But right now I'm probably taking Galladay. It's a horse apiece. Moving on. Here's an interesting guy, polarizing guy. He finished uh, last year as wide receiver 13, Dave, and that is the former first-round pick, Devontae Parker, who's being drafted at wide receiver 22 at the 603. Now, this is interesting. We talked about this during the season last year. Devontae Parker's big-time stats came on when Preston Williams went down. Do you think that the ding of FFPC drafters not drafting last year's 13th receiver until wide receiver 22 in the sixth round, is that enough of a ding, or do you think Parker should be going further in drafts, given what Preston Williams should do now that he's healthy this year? Further down, you're saying? Was so should Devontae Parker be drafted further down? He is not being dinged enough. No, I don't think so. I mean, Parker, 
even though I've never been a big fan of his, he had a really solid year and he actually does present even upside from what, how he finished last year. So he could, is it, is it implausible that Devonte Parker finishes as a WR one this year? No, it totally is not possible. implausible. Yeah. Totally possible. I mean, all you have to do is be one of the top 12 out of 32 teams and be the number one receiver on that team. Totally possible. So I think that he might be even a little undervalued at 22. Oh, okay. Uh, he's actually going in a glut here of Stefan Diggs, Robert Woods, Adam Thielen, Tyler Lockett, Debo Samuel, and DJ Chark all going around that, uh, that early six-round range uh, in FFPC best balls right now. All right, so uh, let's move on to John Brown, Dave, who finished as wide receiver 15 last year, uh, catching balls from Josh Allen in Buffalo. John Brown going as wide receiver 37. You can get him in the ninth round right now. I'm not going to do the num, 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 num thing, but that is a really good value in the ninth round for John Brown. You know, I don't know what his stats look like as of right now, but to me it seemed like his first six to seven weeks were solid, and then he trailed off quite a bit and just didn't really do a whole lot in the second half of the year. Uh, also, I'm guessing he was pretty streaky. I might be wrong on both of those counts. That's just my opinion. So I, I'm not feeling the num 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 on my own. <laughs> All right, that's, that's funny. Um, I totally agree with you on both those things. I think you're accurate. I think he was streaky, and I think he came on strong. However, in the ninth round, ninth round, you know what I mean? Like I think that's kind of baked in. Uh, guys that are going behind, well, CD lamb could actually, I mean, I'd probably have rather the upside with CD lamb, but then you're talking about Mike Williams from the chargers, will effing fuller, Darius Slayton, Robbie Anderson, a bunch of unknowns. I can get on board with John Brown in the early ninth round, even if it means a, a little bit of streakiness there, if I am relying on a receiver there. All right. Um, we are up against it. Let's do, all right, let's do one last receiver I want to talk about here. Darius Slayton, Dave. He, he finished as wide receiver 37 last year, which is a little misleading because he obviously didn't come on until the Giants were really hit hard with injuries. He is going as wide receiver 41 at the 11.03 right now. Again, I just mentioned this, right behind Will Fuller. He's right ahead of Robbie Anderson and McCole Hardman. Obviously, the Giants could do something in the draft. Uh, it seems like the Giants are really doing a good job of building a, a good um, foundation of coaching around him. They got a really good quarterbacks coach. They, they get the guy from New England to be the head coach and judge uh, to take over there. So I think Daniel Jones obviously takes a step forward. And, you know, quite frankly, I think Darius Slayton takes a step forward as well. Um, the only thing that would really hold him back is if, you know, the Giants went out and signed somebody because to me, he passed Golden Tate last year. And Sterling Shepard is just sort of a, of a he's a guy. Uh, where Slayton, there's some untapped upside. Yeah, you know, Slayton does have some upside. I, I did not acquire him at all last year. I totally blew it. I did too. And uh, but I'm, I'll take a peek at him this year. I'll, I'll, I'll check him out. Yeah, I mean, you're talking, uh, what did I just say, uh, 11th round. I mean, wide receiver 41. So yeah. this people are drafting him as, you know, middle of the pack wide receiver four uh, for their teams. I, I think that's, that's awesome. That's really, really good. So I'd definitely be on board there. And, and I think the thing to take away as we look at how the receivers finished last year in comparison to how they're being drafted this year, you hit the nail on the head. Not only is this a deep wide receiver rookie class, it is a deep wide receiver fantasy class uh, from, a, from a redraft standpoint too. So, and especially in best, and now again, this, this best ball format probably skews the drafting a little bit uh, where running backs do get pushed up and receivers do get pushed a little bit further down. Once we get more classic ADP, uh, I think that should even out a little bit, but maybe not. I mean, may, maybe this is the year to, to grab a couple of stud running backs early um, and wait on wide receiver because you can, the, the depth is so good. Maybe this is a, the fantasy throwback year. 2020 is the new 2004, Dave. 
Yeah, baby. And this, we're, we're having a return of LaDainian Tomlinson and Sean Alexander and Clinton Portis and, and all the great goodness that we enjoyed back in the day. Yeah, that was a, that was a fun time back then. <laughs> it was a fun time. It's more fun now, I think. It's more challenging. <laughs> I mean, back then, it's just like... A lot of things in life are more challenging than, the, than back then, but yeah. Yeah, which I like. Uh, it, listen, it's, we have... I love getting. I love the regulatory environment of fantasy. It's so much fun. Okay, that that okay. Yeah, the that coronavirus part sucks. is kind of a blast. Well, it's yeah. interesting. We don't. Yeah. On that note, <laughs> we have um, roughly. No, no, nothing really to joke about uh, the coronavirus nor the regulatory environment. Right. So. No. Um, no. And, and yeah, I mean, it's. But fantasy is a lot better. I, I think there. I mean, with the advent of the internet and you know, high, it, it just is so much better the way yeah. you can actually play this way. Uh, I, I, I'd like well, to think. And build it up again. I'd like to think the FFPC and, and you know, we'll let the, the customers speak on this. And I think they have over the years. And, and just, you know, me being an observer of it, I, I really think that we've gotten better at, at giving, by and large, the FFPC player more of what they want. And we, we continue to get better at that. We're not perfect and we never will be. But we always try to strive to, to be as, as best as we can. And hopefully you can enjoy that uh, and the fact that, uh, that we try to do that day in and day out. That's going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Dan and Brian Jasiak uh, for, uh, for hanging out with us tonight. Of course, the 1250 number 12 uh, FFPC Dynasty Champs. Again, follow Brian on Twitter at BJCAC11. You follow Dan on Twitter at FootballPPR. I want to thank Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for hanging out and listening uh, this week. We always appreciate that. Next week, we will be back at fr- on Friday, 10-9 Central, with another Dynasty champion. That's right, the 1250 number 13 Dynasty champ, Scott Pollock, will be on the show next Friday. We're going to pick his brain, talk rookie drafts, talk a lot more uh, as we delve deep into the Dynasty landscape here on the HSFFO. Remember to get in on that FFPC main event early bird. Try best ball slam. Don't forget to pick up a Dynasty Orphan or start a new one. Plenty of Dynasty startups launching this weekend as well. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Be safe out there, and uh, your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the team explore, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. You know, the other thing to keep in mind, I, I talked about trading those dynasty first-rounders. Um, and... I don't want, you know, it's going to be one of those things where if I use those first round picks, I think I might inevitably be kind of like, oh, I can't believe I held on to these picks for this long to take these players. You know what I mean? Like the picks always look better than the players. And I'll, let's say, okay, so I have three first round picks in Carrington, right? And let's say I end up with Jalen Rieger, Clyde Edward Hilaire, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and Cam Akers or something. I'll be like, really? That's what I use those first round picks on. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm I'm a total self loathing dynasty player. I can't I can't make myself happy. I I, I don't know, man. You need some counseling or something. <laughs> Definitely fantasy counseling. Somebody hit me up. I need it. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>